Well, everybody, welcome to God Squad Church. My name is Boz. I'm the community care pastor here at God Squad Church, and I have the privilege to be able to bring you guys the message today, and I'm super excited about it. And now I've been talking about this every once in a while. I was kind of going through my past sermons, and I realized that apparently God is pressing something on my heart to be able to not only just speak to you, but also to for me to be able to know as well. I tell you guys all the time, a lot of times when I'm preparing a sermon that God allows me to go through a time of heartbreak or something that's really uh, difficult that really has to do what I'm speaking about. It's almost like God is saying, hey, if you're going to be be talking about this you need to go through it a little bit more than you've actually been through it before in the past. There was one time I, I started a sermon two months early, and I have to say, I, I remember those two months. It was really, really difficult. So I, you know, I've trained myself to start my, my sermon maybe maybe two days early. Before, so I don't think, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, but it's so true, though, that God allows us to go through these things, and sometimes He tells me, He says, "Hey, if you're if you're going to speak about this, then I'm gonna I'm gonna put you through this." But God's really been pressing on my heart lately because I've been looking in our Discord. A lot of people message me on a day to day basis, and they're saying, "Hey, this is what I'm going through in my life." And I'm starting to see so many difficult things that people are going through. And I'm not talking about like, hey, I stubbed my toe. I'm talking about big deal, like people that people that are struggling with cancer, people that are struggling with divorce, people that are struggling with mental or physical disabilities, so many different big things that are happening in their lives. And I'm starting to recognize maybe God's trying to tell us something here. Maybe God's trying to tell us something about our faith in him and the fact that we do need to believe it. We, we, just, we were just singing, this is a house of miracles. God can do some amazing things. And so we're going to be talking about that a little bit today. And so I've entitled this message, Getting Through the Sea. Getting Through the Sea. So I have a question to start this message off, though. And I already know the answer to this. You don't even have to put a five or a 22 in the chat, whatever you guys want to do. Uh, put anything in the chat, I guess, if you want to. Have you ever had someone help you get through something? Have you ever had some? It doesn't matter. I don't care what it is. It can be if you're at the grocery store and you're too, you're too small to be, get something off the top shelf. And so you find somebody like myself who's a giant, giant and you have to get the sour cream and onion chips that's gluten-free because somebody can't reach them. That actually happened the other week, but they didn't ask. I just did it for them because I saw her jumping and I was like, hey. Looks a little weird. So I went over and grabbed it off the shelf for her, gave it to her. And then she was like, hey, can you hold on a second? And she started asking her mom on the phone for other chips. And so I started grabbing, I was just sitting there grabbing uh, stuff off the shelves for her as the, you know, the nice guy that I am. But there's so many times in our lives that we go through problems and things that we go through when we have to ask for help from somebody else. So for example, as gamers, we have to give some sort of gaming example to help us understand it a little bit better. Uh, lately, I've been going through a raid in Final Fantasy XIV. Now, if you are a fan of any MMO, whether it's WoW, Final Fantasy XIV, um, I, I, Ark is really the big new one. Uh, I forgot what it's called, Ark something arc something but anyways that's one of the big new ones you have raids in these games and these are really just very high-end content to be able to get through and you expect to go in there and not complete it the first time you expect to go in there the second and third and fourth time and still not be able to complete it so i've been going through this raid in final fantasy 14 it's the third savage raid of the newest contents one of the hardest battles in the game and i still haven't completed it yet it's been weeks but but 
I have, I have something that's on my side to help me. I have Vic Sigma. Vic Sigma, three, four times a week, he will come in with me and he's like, hey, what are you doing tonight? You want to raid? I'm like, let's, let's do it, man. Let's do it. I, I've, I've been cooking up some food in this game for a little while, so why don't, why don't we try the raid out? And so I go in there and at the beginning I, I knew like 0% of everything so I would just die immediately, right? But now I'm like 60-70% away through the fight, still have some things to learn. But here's the thing, Vix is continuing to help me but the reason why it's help is because he's already been through it. He already knows the path through it. He already sees the destination. For me, all I see is this three-headed, it's called a phoenix. I don't know why it's called, called it's not called the phoenix, but it's a phoenix. It's this three-headed bird on fire that's in front of me and just crazy mechanics, AOEs exploding all over the place and all these crazy things that are happening and I don't understand it. But other people that have been through this content before, they see the path. They see the potential in the people that are playing and they know the reward at the end so they can understand the destination of trying to be able to complete this battle. And Vix has been helping me through that because he's already experienced it. So he sees it even when I don't. But I think that this is true for our, our lives as well. When we go through a trial and we go through a problem in our life, there's so many times that we just see the problem in front of us and that's it. We don't see anything else we don't see the path. We don't see the destination. We don't even understand why we're going through it in the first place, but we just see the problem and the pain that we're feeling during those moments. And so what I wanted to share with you today is that even in the midst of your trials, even in the midst of the hardest trials that you go through, that God is fighting for you and he's going to get you through the trial. That's big. I'm going to be talking about that at the end of my my, my sermon, but remember the word he gets you through your trial. That's huge. That's huge. So first, when you come into an obstacle in your life, we always get a view of what we can see. It's just what you see. It's just what you see. All we see is the problem in front of us. We see nothing else. We don't see the destination. We don't see the path. We just see the problem and we focus on it all of the time. So once again, example, Vix and I, when we go into this raid, you know what I see? I see these crazy mechanics going off. I see things exploding. I see people dying all over the place. Like literally, we have some, I've gotten decent at this fight, but we have some parties and we go in there expecting to get to a certain point in the fight and we die so soon before we even get to that point. I can't even practice what I'm supposed to be practicing because we have people who are just dying all over the place and it's because they don't understand the path. They don't understand how they're supposed to get through this. They don't have somebody in their ear talking to them, tell them, hey, go here when this happens because this is going to happen to you. Hey, do this instead. This might be the reason why you're dying here. I have that help in my ear always telling me what the path is. But once again, this happens in life. And as humans, we tend to focus on the circumstance, the problem, the situation, the trial, the tribulation, whatever you want to call it, we tend to focus on those things in front of us. And so I'm, I want to give you a background and a story that we're going to go through in the Bible today. And it's about the Israelites. And the Israelites, when they were in Egypt and they were in slavery, okay, they were in slavery for 
a few hundred years and they've been going through this whole problem and this whole entire process that they're going through. And then this guy, Moses comes on the scene and he keeps going back and forth with the Pharaoh and he has all these different things happen. And finally, Pharaoh says, okay, I'm going to let the people go. I'm going to let the people go. I'll let the Israelites go. And so Moses, he leads the people out of Egypt. He lives, he leads the, uh, the Israelites out of Egypt at this point. But then Pharaoh has a little bit of a change of a heart. Pharaoh says, you know what? We'll go after them anyways. We'll go after them anyways. So that leaves us to Exodus chapter 14, verses 10 to, through 12. If you read this with me. It says this, as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians coming after them. The Israelites were terrified and cried out to the Lord for help. They said to Moses, is it, is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What, what have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Isn't this what we told you in Egypt? Leave us alone so that we may serve the Egyptians. And then they say a very bold statement. It would have been better. It would have been better for us to serve, to stay in slavery with the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians. You see, the Israelites came to a problem here because before this, God told them to camp in front of the Red Sea. He didn't say go around the Red Sea. He led them to the Red Sea and he said, hey, camp out here for a little bit. So now they have a problem. They look behind them and they realize the Egyptians are coming out after them and they look in front of them and they see a big body of water. We're either going to be killed by the Egyptians or we're going to drown. Those were the two options the Israelites saw. That was it. That's the only two things that they saw. This is what they saw, the problem at hand. So they play the blame game. They start doing a couple of things. They start saying, well, Moses, if you didn't bring us out of Egypt, or if God didn't bring us out of Egypt, then we would have never have had this problem at all. And then they say, it would have been better if we were back where we were than what you are doing to us right now. Have you ever done this with God? Maybe you were in a job that was stable. You didn't feel necessarily like it was the best place for you, though. You didn't really like your job. This is just an example, but maybe you didn't really like your job. And so you're praying to God, you're praying to God, you're praying to God. You land a new job and you think it's going to be perfect. And then in the middle of that job, you come against a problem. You say, you know what? It would have been better for me if I was in my old job. At least it was stable. At least I knew what I was doing. I was comfortable in my old job. But now I'm in the new one, and now you're praying for something else to happen in your life. Now you're asking God to do something new in your life or even bring you back to what you used to be because you were comfortable there. The Israelites, unfortunately, were starting to see or starting to realize that maybe maybe it would have been better for us to be in slavery. They weren't comfortable there, but they knew what it was like. They didn't think that they would be dying and now they're in the face of my problem in front of me and my problem behind me. It would have been better for me to be elsewhere. 
So they play the blame game. They start blaming Moses. They start blaming God for all of their problems. But here's the thing. Us in our lives, we need to stop before we get to this point. We need to stop blaming God. We need to stop blaming people in our lives for the points that we're at because we do this a lot as humans. And I know that I do this too. We need to understand that God has put us in the place that he has placed us for. Listen, I'm not going to say just for one reason, because I believe that God, everything that he does, it's for multiple reasons. It's not just for one reason. So God has placed you in the position that you are right now, whether it's your job, whether it's the physical disability, mental disability, he has placed you in your position, in your marriage. He's placed you with your family, with your kids. He's placed you here for a reason and for multiple reasons at that, even if it looks like it's going to be too difficult for you to be able to get through. He's placed you there for a reason. Even if it's hard for you to understand during that time. So we get to the second part. We already know what we see. We see the problem. We see we don't see any way forward. But we need to change our perspective and not change our perspective to the point where we understand the path or we understand the destination But we need to have faith that God sees something different. What God sees is something completely different than what you see. He doesn't just see the problem that's in front of you. He doesn't just see the problem that's behind you. He knows all of those things. But he sees the path. He sees a way for you to get through the problem that you're going through right now or the trial that you're going through in your life. And so we're going to read about this in just a second. We're actually going to push a little bit forwards in Exodus. But what happens is Moses, he raises out his staff and God parts the the sea and a strong east wind comes through. It dries the ground. And literally it says that the Israelites walk through the sea on dry land. They just go through. There's a pathway and they go through the sea on dry land. So now we're going to push forward a little bit in Exodus chapter 14 verses 23 through 25. And it says this, the Egyptians set out in pursuit, which I'm going to talk about this in a second. I think it's hilarious. All Pharaoh's horses, his chariots and his horsemen and went into the sea after them. Get this during the morning watch, during the morning watch, the Lord looked down. The Lord looked down at the Egyptian forces from the pillar of fire and cloud and threw the Egyptian forces into confusion. He caused their chariot wheels to swerve, made them drive with difficulty. Let's get away from Israel, the Egyptians said, because the Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Listen, let me ask you guys something. If a guy came to me, a man named Moses, okay, and he said, all these terrible things are gonna happen because you're not letting these people, I was talking to Pastor Daylight about this yesterday, just thinking, thinking about this, you, you got you got firstborns dying, you got darkness covering the land, you got flies, you got you got locusts, you got you got all these weird things that are happening, right? Your, your livestock is dying, hail is falling from the air, and you know, and they're like, okay, we'll let we'll let you go. And then they come up to the Israelites and they see that the water is splitting. I would love to be at that round table. I would love to be a fly on the wall. And just be and be at this meeting. All right, guys, 
Who thinks it's a good idea to go into the the Red Sea right now as there's water? I know we just, you know, I know I know Tim, you stubbed your toe the other day and you 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 tripped over your boys Legos because you couldn't see anything. The Israelites, they had light. They could see everything, but we couldn't see anything. Yeah, I I know there was a lot of flies in your food the other day, you know, but but who thinks it's a good idea? Who thinks it's a good idea to go into the sea right now when there's just walls of water? I don't know who made this decision. And I understand that God, you know, he hardened Pharaoh's heart. But I'm like, come on, guys. Like, you got to understand if the Lord is fighting for somebody and you actually know it, they actually say in this because the Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Like, I'm pretty sure I, w- I would probably be like, you know what, let's, 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 let's take a step back. Like something's going on here, right? God's doing something. But they go into the waters and what God does is he starts solving the Israelites' problems one by one. So they saw the water. And they saw the Egyptians. But after Moses raises his staff, we see that God looks down upon them in verse 24. He looks down upon the Egyptians. He doesn't just see the water. He doesn't just see the Egyptians. He looks down and he sees the path that they can cross through. And so God creates a path for them. So he clears up the water. Problem number one that the Israelites had solved. And now he looks down at the Egyptians. And then he solves that problem as well. He has the chariots now swerving. The wheels are probably falling off at this point. They're having trouble, you know, navigating their way through the waters. They're not too sure how to get through. And they, and they realize that the Lord is fighting for them. But here's the problem that I come to in my own life. And I think that we all do. Why do we think that God can't do these things in our lives? You see, we, we look into the Bible and we read about the signs and the wonders and the miracles that God does. We see that he's raising, you know, he raised Lazarus from the dead. We see him healing the blind. We see him making the mute talk. We see him doing all these things. We see the fact that Jesus Christ, he died on the cross and rose from the grave, breaking sin and death for all of eternity. We see that Moses, he raises his staff and God parts the waters. We see Joshua ask the sun to stop so that they could defeat an army. And God stops the sun. And we say, we believe it. Praise the Lord. It's amazing. But then when you have your financial issues come, you say, I don't know if God can do this. You have a physical disability. I don't believe that God can heal this. And I'm not saying that you say that you don't believe verbally, but let's all be honest with ourselves. There is a lot of times that our faith is not that strong. The Bible even says that if we have the faith of a mustard seed, that we'll be able to move mountains. So my question for you today would be, how big is your faith? Like really, really look deep inside of yourself. When you pray things, do you pray with uncertainty? Do you pray to God with fear that he's not going to be able to do it? You know, the Bible tells us to pray inside of God's will. And the Bible tells us that if we pray inside of God's will, we know that the answers are yes, right? And so what we do is we have these, what I call safe prayers, Oh God, if you would just heal this person, but but let your will be done. And there's two different things that that can mean. That can either mean you're trying to be so safe that at least, at least if I pray that God's will would be done, I'll be right if he doesn't heal this person. 
Or do you actually pray, God, let your will be done in this person's life? Because the Bible tells us to pray like that, but it's not talking about a safe prayer. It's talking about even if it's going to be worse, even if it's something that I don't want, let your will be done anyways. We need to have faith that God can do big things and he can provide a miracle for you. No matter how big how small, how grueling the trial is for you, he can do a miracle and he can get you through it. We need to have this faith that, faith that he can do this in our lives. But let's take a step back for a second in the story. We know what we see. We know that we see the problem in front of us. We know that we see the problems behind us. We see the problems and the chaos that's all around us. And now we also know what God sees, that he sees a path and that he can create a path for us to get through. But why does God allow us to go through these trials in the first place? Why does he allow us to go through the sea in the first place? And, you know, I do, I, I, listen, I do say this a lot. And, you know, you look at James chapter one, verse two, and we could always talk about how it creates endurance and it cr- creates perseverance in our lives. And I believe that, right? God is always in every trial that we go through. He's doing those things to create us into the men and women of God that he created us to be. But I also believe that God brings us through the trials to get us to our destination. Because without the trial, without the problem that God has allowed in your life, you won't be able to get to the destination that he's prepared for you. So once again, let's take a step back in Exodus chapter 14, verses 21 through 22, right before Pharaoh and his people are having trouble in the sea. It says this, Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. The Lord drove the sea back with a powerful east wind all that night and turned the sea into dry land. So the waters were divided, and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground, with waters like a wall to them on their right and on their left. God doesn't just see the problems. He sees the path as well, but he doesn't just see the path. He sees your destination and where you're supposed to be and where you're supposed to arrive at. I said this before on a reconnect. I've said this on my stream. I've probably said it here in church before, but I want to reiterate something. Maybe you're newer here and you've never heard this. Maybe this is your first time in a church and I pray that this speaks to you. Because a lot of people say, well, God, God hasn't been answering my prayers to get me out of my problem, out of this trial. Maybe you're praying for the wrong thing. Because you see, Israelites, as they're going through the Red Sea, okay, their destination is over here. And they're in the middle of the Red Sea. If God said, or if they, if they prayed to God and said, God, get us out of this trial. And God answered their prayers, gets them out and puts them over here. But the destination, is it's over here. This is where God wants them. He doesn't want them over here. He doesn't want them to have to go through the trials and everything else that's outside of the Red Sea. He wants them to get to their destination. So he creates a pathway. Yes, there's still a problem chasing them. And I understand in your problem right now that it's hard and it hurts. It's painful. But I promise you, if you endure 
if you have that perseverance to get through your trial, whatever is being allowed in your life, you will arrive at your destination. God wants you to get through it because once you arrive here, this is where he wants you in your life. He doesn't want you over here. He doesn't want to just take you out of your problem so that everything is just gone, completely gone. You'll have gained no endurance. You'll have gained no perseverance. You won't be any stronger for it because he just solved your problem and got you out of it. He wants you to get through your trial. He wants you to grow in your strength, in your faith, in him, leaning on him at all times, no matter what. He wants you to get through the trial and arrive at your destination. He loves you so much and he wants you to grow in your faith in him. Because I got to listen, church, this is, this is true for my own life. I don't think that my faith in God is all that strong all of the time. Even, even just yesterday, even just yesterday, my wife called me on the phone and got a little bit of bad news about something that we're going through currently right now. And so instead of sitting here in my chair and just kind of praying a half-hearted prayer, I started to do that, to be completely honest. I was just like, God, I, I don't know what we're going to do right now. I don't know how we're going to get through this. And then I realized I got to do something different. I got to change my posture. I got to change my mindset. I was working on this sermon when my wife called me and I was like, you know what? If I'm writing about this, I need to live it as well. And so what I did was I got out of my chairs. I got, out, I got on my hands and knees behind my chair and I started praying up a storm. I put my face into the ground. So I was breathing up dust in my, in my nose. And I started praying to God and I started believing that not only God was going to take care of our problem, but that he was going to do even more than just that. And all of a sudden, there was a new faith, a new spark that snapped inside of me because I changed my posture. I changed just me sitting here with a half-hearted prayer. I started believing that God could do something, that he could do a miracle, that he can do something so much more than what I ever expected. So what I pray for you today is that you would recognize that God, he wants you to get through whatever it is you're going through. I don't know if you're going through uh, uh, somebody in your, a loved one in your family that's going through problems right now, physical problems. I know that there are some people that are going through that. I don't know if you're having marriage problems. I don't know what you're going through in your life and what your trial looks like. But I can promise you, seek God first. Lean on him. Your perspective is completely different than what he sees. You're seeing the problem. God sees the path. But he also wants you to get to that destination that he sees for you as well. He has placed you here in this trial, in this challenge for a purpose. He will help you get through it. He is always fighting for us. And I don't know about you, but I serve a God that has never lost one battle. He does not lose battles. Take comfort in that. You might not feel like you're winning right now, but I can tell you right now that God does not lose. And if you're fighting with him, you will not lose. I pray that your strength today 
would be renewed. That you'd have motivation. That you'd have perseverance. Get through this. And your faith and your strength will be stronger for it. And so I want to ask you guys right now, maybe some of you, you already know Jesus Christ. You already have him in your life. You've been serving God. But I got to ask, where's your faith at right now? Even just yesterday, somebody messaged me and said, listen, Boz, my faith is just not good right now. This whole entire past year, I've been losing faith every single day. Our faith in God needs to stand strong. I know that we can be hit over and over and over again, but we need to continue to stand strong, being in his word every single day, praying every single day, being in constant communication, surrounding ourselves with people that are positive, surrounding ourselves with other Christians that can encourage us, that can build us up. We need to be doing that daily. So where is your faith today? Do you believe that God can stop the sun in your life? Do you believe that he can part the waters? Do you believe that he can still raise people from the dead? Because I can tell you, in America, we're probably not seeing that right now because our faith is not that strong. But you go to other uh, some other countries where they are really leaning on God because that's all that they have, and they are seeing things happen like you would have saw in the Old Testament and in the New Testament because God is working and he is moving, and he can still that do that today in your life. He can still do that in America. But I do believe that our faith We need to have more faith that God can do these things. We need to have more faith that God can heal, that he can heal our land, that he can heal our situation, that he can heal your marriage. Listen, if you're on a brink of divorce right now, God can heal that. I'm not going to pray that a divorce should happen. I'm going to pray that God will heal you and that they will heal your spouse as well so that you guys can come together and be mended and have a more loving relationship. Those are the types of things that we need to be believing in that God can renew, and that God can bless, and that God can save. There's others of you in here right now. Maybe you are you don't know Jesus Christ, and you're saying, this all sounds really great, and that's great that there's a God out there that can help me with my problems, but I don't know who he is. Listen, I want to give you an opportunity right now to know who he is. I don't know where you're at in your life. I don't know what baggage you carry. I don't know what sins you got going on in your life. I don't know the things that you do, but I got to tell you something that my Jesus, the God that I serve, he can save you from all the things that you've been through in your entire life. All the things that you've done because he died, because he lived a perfect and pure life, do not underestimate the power of my God. When he died on the cross for you, He said, listen, you were worth it. He was thinking of your faith when he was on the cross. He could have snapped his fingers, got off and been like, you know what? This is too much for me. I'm going back up to heaven. But he said, no, you were worth it. And so he hung there on a cross. He spilled his blood. He died for you. And then on the third morning, he rose from the dead, broke through death and broke through the grave so that one day when you die here on earth and this mortal body dies, You won't have to die a second death. Instead of going to hell, the second death, you'll have life in heaven for all of eternity because you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You've accepted the fact that if you accept him, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you and that the blood of Jesus Christ covers your heart. So you won't be condemned to hell, but you'll be able to be with him for all of eternity in heaven. It's a great place to be. Like I said, I don't know what you're trying to fill your life with right now. But if you've never accepted Jesus and you're trying to find fulfillment 
and something else in alcohol, video games, in a relationship, those things, they're just not going to fulfill you. They will never fulfill you because they're not eternal. But Jesus is eternal. So if you want to have that life, have that hope, have that assurance that when Jesus comes back, that you will be saved. I want to give you an opportunity right now to accept Jesus Christ into your heart if you never have before. Or maybe you need to rededicate your life because you're saying, my faith in God has not been strong. I've been falling away. I've been doing other things in my life. I need to rededicate my life to God today and make sure that there is a change, that there is a transformation that's going on inside of my heart. Because when you accept Jesus Christ in your heart, you become a new creation. It's not, not just something where you say a prayer once and you go back to living your old life. You accept Jesus Christ in your heart and you start living a brand new life. So if you want to do that today and you want to accept Jesus Christ into your heart, I would ask you to repeat these words after me, not because they're magical words or anything like that. It's just a way to guide you through, to help you to understand how to accept Jesus Christ into your life. One of the ways, and it's something that you can go back to and say, I remember that moment. It's something tangible that you can see that I remember that moment when I accept Jesus Christ in my heart. So if you want to receive Jesus Christ today into your heart, repeat these words after me. Dear God, I come before you right now. I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe that he died on the cross. And I believe that he rose from the dead. And right now, God, I accept your mercy, your grace, and your salvation. I commit my life to you. And Jesus, I would ask that you would come and live inside of me. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. Hey guys, listen, let's give it up for those people right now that are accepting Jesus Christ. Put the hype in the chat. If you've accepted Jesus Christ today, hey, I would ask you to do me a favor and type a yes in the chat if you, if you just accepted Jesus Christ for the first time. Not because we want to put the spotlight on you or anything, but hey, we want to congratulate you. We want to, we want to walk through with you on this journey because it is an amazing thing. It's a, it's a, listen, it's a decision that I will never, ever regret. It's a decision that I made when I was very young, but I will never regret it because it's been an amazing, fulfilling life that I've been living. And so if you just said yes, I'm so proud of you if you just said yes to Jesus. And hey, if you did do that, if somebody can do me a favor and type exclamation point next level in the chat, all that I would ask you to do is click on that link. We want to be able to get connected with you. We're not going to spam you or anything. I would love to be able to connect with you one-on-one -on -one, though and be able to help you through this journey that you are walking on right now because it's a brand new journey. It's not the end of something, but it's the beginning of something brand new. Maybe you got questions. We want to give you resources, right? Where do I start reading the Bible? What is this baptism thing? How do I pray? What are, you know, you might have questions, so many of them, and we want to help you on this journey as well. We want to get you plugged in to our experience groups, our small groups where people do life together, learn about God together and grow in relationships. They're absolutely amazing. So please, please, please click on that form and fill it out with as much information as you feel comfortable giving so we can connect with you, get you plugged in. We would love, love, love to have you be more a part of our community more than ever. And so uh, don't hesitate to fill that out if you did accept Jesus Christ today, or even if you just reded rededicated your life, or maybe this is your first time here, you just want to get connected. Hey, sign up for those experience groups. Anyways, 
But anyways, guys, once again, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being here today. I'm praying for each and every one of you. Like I said, I know that there's a lot going on in our lives right now. I have a lot going on in my personal life. And like I said, I'm getting messages daily of people that are struggling with really, really large things. I want you guys to know I love you with all of my heart. I'm praying for each and every one of you. You guys are absolutely amazing. I'm going to throw it over to TJ now. What an important message for us all to hear and really get to grip into our hearts is the idea that basically God is still a miracle worker. He is still healing. He is still operating today in the same ways that he always has. And it's such a hard thing for our minds to wrap around the supernatural, being in a place where we've made the supernatural fantasy rather than a reality. And I love the quote that someone said uh, by C.S. Lewis in the chat. It's so true. Is It's basically the idea behind it is that miracles are us being able to digest the great things that God is doing throughout the world. And so I find that, you know, God wants to do so many amazing things through, in and through our lives, but it takes us being willing to pray for those things, being willing to be bold and, and ask God to do the things that he's capable of doing. And, you know, I believe that God is capable of bigger things than you and I might even ever be able to perceive. And so I just pray that for you today, that you would get that deep down in your bones, that the Lord has uh, good gifts for his children and that he wants to do things uh, through you and in you that are beyond your possible imagination. And so uh, allow him to give him space to. And so thank you so much, Pastor Boss, for that message. Uh, it means the world for our church to be able to continue to move forward into something that 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 really matters. And that's following the lead of the Holy Spirit and watching God do the things that he's gifted us to do um, and that he wants to do for his own glory. And so thank you. Thank you so much. Um, before we before we uh, move on, I want to continue our worship service through giving. Uh, one of the ways that we worship God is through giving, through generosity. I talked about this before. We are a church that believes holistically in extreme generosity. We don't pres prescribe to the, the idea of tithing. We think tithing is a minimum or a base level to start. But we believe that God has, uh, has, has imbued and empowered us, each and every one of us, to generously give. And that is the message spewed on in the New Testament. Because God doesn't want um, you to be legalistic in it. He wants you to be a cheerful, generous giver. And so I pray that you would do that. You would think about your finances. I know me and my wife, we give generously because we believe what the Lord is doing in God Squad Church, but more so than when we're giving and investing into the kingdom, into eternity, it has a greater return on our investment than anything that we could invest our money into. And so uh, that's truly what I believe. And so there's a, a, a couple different ways we have here at God Squad Church to give, and I would love for you to be able to do so. Um, so I'm going to pray over our giving, and then I'm going to uh, kick it over to a video so you can see those awesome ways. Jesus, empower us to give generously today. Empower us to give um, beyond what we think is possible. Give us a number and lay it in our hearts that we can easily just give back to you, Jesus. Sacrific sacrificing isn't easy, but giving to your kingdom when we believe in what you do, it's absolutely mind-blowing. 
We've seen you do so many amazing, incredible things uh, through your through the generosity of our church and through the church at large, the kingdom. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would move today in our giving. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So you can go ahead and watch this video about giving. Here at God's Watch Church, there are multiple safe and secure ways for you to give. You can give by clicking on the panel below to give a one-time or monthly donation via card or PayPal. You can also go to our website, godsquadchurch.com give, and set up a one-time or monthly donation of any amount. Lastly, you can text any amount to the number 84321 to set up a quick and easy way to give. Because of you, we are able to share the gospel with gamers around the world. No matter what amount you're giving, thank you for your generosity.